Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another Pittsburgh Steelers post-game podcast where we break down the game that was, in this case, the Pittsburgh Steelers remain undefeated in the preseason. They win their third game. They're now 3-0 and in the meaningless game season. As they beat the Detroit Lions 26-20 to at Hinesville, there was a lot to talk about as the starters got their most significant playing time of the preseason. And we'll get into all of that, but before we do that, Let's bring in the rest of the crew. Brian Anthony Davis, what's going on, Brian? Three and oh yeah, in the preseason, I'm feeling good, boys. There you go. Dave Schofield, unmute yourself, say hello. There we go. Hello there. <laughs> no. Very good. There he is. There. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, oh yeah. I'm 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 good to go here. Let's let's do this. All right. So you might be wondering, like, why are we running so late? Uh, Typically, we all like to kind of watch Mike Mike Tomlin's postgame press conference and got to get a feel for everything that's going on with injuries and and things of that nature. And uh, we didn't get to see it. They didn't have it on the radio side. They didn't have it on social media on Steelers.com. And so uh, not sure about the injury updates or anything like that from Juju Smith-Schuster, who I did did see the Katie, um, (laughs) Katie Pomp. Uh, Bob Pompiani uh, posted a video of Juju doing a TikTok dance on the field afterwards. So I'm sure he's okay. Um, probably something minor. Uh, we know that uh, Arthur Millette left with an ankle injury. I think that was the only injury, guys. Correct me if I'm wrong. That was actually reported by the Steelers. Am I right? I did, yeah, you're right. Okay. Other than being able to listen to Coach Tomlin, which. Correct. Yeah. yeah and he they... wouldn't have said anything, anyways. He wouldn't have said anything, anyways. No. But, uh, you know, before we get started, I do have a bone to pick with the NFL Network. Uh, this <laughs> is something that Dave actually brought up to me beforehand on our Slack channel. He said, hey, just be prepared for them to go away from the Steelers at 10 o'clock. And I said, oh, that's a good point. So I contacted my dad, said, hey, make sure you keep the, the uh, keep your DVR box on so I can watch on the sling box. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great it's a great tool, the sling box. I was able to watch on that, but that's not what ticked me off. That's not what ticked me off is that they went away from the game and didn't show another game. Now I this is what yeah. I got. Dave and Brian, did you get the same thing? Where you yep. heard just David Carr spouting off about stupidness, idiotic stuff. And this meanwhile, the Steelers are playing. You guys had the same thing, right? Yeah, he was talking about his little brother <laughs> doing highlights. But they weren't I, showing his little I didn't brother. Know what he was talking about because I muted the television to listen to the radio broadcast. So I'm I'm at least listening to Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley and listening to Max Starks on the sidelines um, while they're and then all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, why is the Dolphins game on when it <laughs> in the first quarter of the Dolphins game when they played earlier today? It was. I knew it was yeah. going to happen. I knew it was. Yeah. But, oh well. So I said it on Twitter. The NFL Network's on my list. They made mm-hmm. the list, and you don't want to be on the list. And you Brian, just made the list. list. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's on my list these days. I mean, there's that's a huge list. You know, just like they would say on Big Bang Theory, it just doesn't take too much of your time. Don't worry if you've made the enemies <laughs> list. All right, well, let's get right into things. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers did have their starters play, and a lot of starters played a lot. Uh, ben Roethlisberger finished with three drives, um, very successful in the latter two. 
the offensive line, the projected offensive line, played in played for about an entire half. I think maybe Zach Banner might have come out before that, but still, for the vast majority, they played a lot. Uh, and even on the defensive side of the ball, the starters stayed in for a significant amount of time. Brian, were you surprised with how much the starters played on both sides of the ball, offense or defense? Yeah, especially with having uh, some of those guys in late in the game in the third quarter, you know, Juju, being in there in the third quarter, you know, I was like, why is he still in here? But we predicted with Ben Roethlisberger, we were predicting about, you know, three possessions, but it was depending on how he did. He had three solid possessions. Now I know you just said that the first one was not successful because it was not, but when you do a vintage 2008, get out of trouble and throw the ball, (laughs) throw a good ball to Eric Ebron, who drops it, who plumb drops it. Yeah, <laughs> who just plumb drops it. That's not Ben. And it's also not Ben when Shuk Sikorafor is getting called for a penalty on the first play. So now you're looking at first and 15 as well. You know, so they've got more, they've got more ground to make up because of that five-yard penalty. I thought the first possession was a fine possession for Najee Harris. And for Ben Roethlisberger. So I was fine with that. When you get into the second and third, ending with touchdowns, but the way he handled himself on there, I'm like, all right, I've seen what I need to see of Ben. Make sure he's out of there. And he was. But that is, that's everything that we wanted from the Steelers' offense and Ben Roethlisberger, um, really in those first three possessions. And we're going to break those down for sure. Dave, were you surprised with the starters and how long they played? I said to you guys on the preview, I said it in my article earlier today, I predicted 12 to 18 snaps from Ben Roethlisberger. He played 16 snaps. Wow. He was he played 12 snaps through the through the first two drives and I'm like he barely got to 12. They could they could send him out for one more or not. They did and they scored a touchdown in four plays. So, I mean, if it would have been a longer drive for that third one, he would have exceeded that, but I mean that that was and what's crazy is on that third drive that's they made their first substitute and their first substitute was not Ben Roethlisberger their first substitute was Dan Moore Jr going in for Zach Banner on so, the right side yeah they've been pushing yep. him to the right side for some yep. reason so so Zach Banner actually came out of the game before Ben Roethlisberger good point good point I was surprised, like you said, Juju Smith-Schuster playing to the third. Here, like, yeah. why? Like, I just didn't understand it. Um, and then I also was kind of upset with the substitutions on the defensive side. I don't know if Buddy Johnson played outside of special teams in this game tonight. Hmm. And you saw a lot of Marcus Allen and Robert Spillane after the starters left the game. And I was like, I'd rather see more of Buddy Johnson than I would Robert Spillane at this point. But I understand what the coaching staff's doing. Uh, They're going to try to break it down as best they can, and we are going to break it down as well. And we're going to look at the offensive side of the ball in the first half and the defensive side in the second half, like we always do. We're going to look at the stat lines and try to make sure everything is. Yeah, we'll look at all that stuff. (laughs) Crystal clear. That's what we're hoping for is a crystal clear picture for everyone out there of exactly what's going on. Now, the one thing like Dave and I have access to these stats now, uh, from the Steelers media page, which are awesome. But D- Dave, they don't have on the defense side. We'll talk about it in part two. They don't have like tackles for loss or anything. I was kind of disappointed with that. But let's start on offense. 
Ben Roethlisberger obviously leads the day for the Pittsburgh Steelers with eight for 10 completions. We're talking about quarterbacks, obviously. 137 yards, 13.7 average, two touchdowns, no picks, a rating of 158.3. That is a perfect passer rating, folks. Then Mason Rudolph gave came in, and he was uh, 13 for 18, 138 yards, 7.7 average, no touchdowns, no interceptions, had two drives get in the red zone, both ended in field goals. Rating of 94.2. Dwayne Haskins finished out the game four for seven, 56 yards, eight average, eight yard average for an 83.0. Gentlemen, grading the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks. Brian, we'll start with you. Well, you don't have to give them a grade, but what what were your thoughts? Well, if I was going to give them a grade, it's got to be an A because they got exactly what they wanted out of it. They're finding out more about what they have with Ben Roethlisberger, with like I mentioned before, that play where he got out of trouble, that's significant. That means he can still do it. They made a comment on the long ball. I know it was Charlie Batch said it, and it was like, hey, yeah, he can still hit that long ball. And that was a nice throw on, I believe, a third down, if I'm not mistaken, to Deontay Johnson. That was that was a great play, too. So you can feel so much better about Ben Roethlisberger. And then you got to look into the uh, – battle for QB2. And I also think it's not just a battle for QB2. I think it's a battle to not be traded. I think that's that's uh, one of the things that might be on the horizon that they might try to deal one of those two guys. It makes, it makes you also wonder why they're giving Mason Rudolph some as much time in the first half instead of Dwayne Haskins. I have a feeling that they're trying to uh, make both of them look really good. So one of them can be, uh, so both of them are, you know, attractive in the eyes of another uh, general manager. Okay. Dave, you agree with uh, Brian and the fact that they might be trying to butter up one of their potential trade bait quarterbacks. I'm not sure if I'm buying that, but that's his, that's just his prerogative. Oh, I understand. I, I, it, what I agree about with Brian is that they would answer a call of someone's wanting to trade for one of their quarterbacks based on everything. What I'm not buying is that they're actually making decisions in the preseason games to make, to make them more attractive. I they're, they're playing Mason Rudolph because Mason Rudolph is the number two. It's just what it is. Um, he hasn't done anything to show that he's not. I know people are like, Oh, but the, the scoring and everything, you know, Every game he's had, you know, he's had a higher grade. He's had a higher – I don't know if he had a higher rating last game or not. Um, he did again in, in this game th- than Haskins. And everyone's like, oh. And and personally, I I thought his – what should have been an interception in the end zone was probably his, his worst mistake of the preseason so far. He should not have made that throw. Um but other than that, I mean, he's he's moving the ball and the and the ball he threw to Juju when Juju was not open, but yet he got the ball to Juju and he just couldn't make the catch. That was pretty, you know, when it when it came to Rudolph. But I mean, this was really all about Ben. And I mean, I, I my my parents are visiting, so I got to watch the game with my dad because tomorrow's my son's birthday. So they came in for my other son's birthday. Um and I, I, I said to my dad, I said, all of a sudden, you know, these national guys that wanted to poo-poo on Ben for forever, how much you want to bet all these guys are now going to be talking about how great he is. But overall, the quarterback play, I was happy with all of them. You just didn't get the extended look from Haskins because until the Steelers got the ball 
inside of two minutes after they, you know, that was their third possession of the second half. And Mason Rudolph had the first possession. So it's not like you got an extended look of, of Haskins like you had the first two games. Right. And I, I think it, it was another uh, instance. You talked about this on your Stat Geek podcast this week, A Tale of Two Halves. It was yeah. basically in the same thing, except like Dave suggested. They did it the way. They switched it. They had a good yes. first half and not a good second half. And the fourth quarter defense was atrocious. I mean, I, I said I wanted to see a good first quarter, and they they they, they were up 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. I mean, Steeler fans... It, even if something would have happened and the Lions would have gone for an onside kick and got another one and they had the ball, even if they wouldn't have won this game, Steeler fans should be even more happy with this game than the first two because of what they saw in the first quarter. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I think a lot of fans want to focus on the backups because it's the only thing that's really worth debating. No one's debating whether Ben Roethlisberger should be the quarterback. I thought Roethlisberger looked good. I thought he looked comfortable. I thought under center what didn't look – he didn't look like he was foreign to him. It shouldn't be. I mean, he's a quarterback for crying out loud. I thought he made good reads. Uh, I thought that Deontay Johnson deep pass, he actually was trying to throw that into a trash can. Think about that. Instead of like pumping it down the field. I think that guy's arm is plenty strong. And that pump fake that he had to the first touchdown to Pat Fryermuth was yeah. that was as vintage 2008 as him scrambling around and creating time and space when Ebron can't, couldn't catch a cold. But still, what a pump fake. What a what a throw. I mean, pinpoint accuracy for both of those touchdown passes to, uh, you know, Pat Fryermuth. Sorry, yeah. I was reading a uh, Mooth. Yeah, Is that what they're saying? Did I hear that? I, I didn't hear anything. I I'll have to ask my sister-in-law because they were at the game tonight. Um, but that's what I'm assuming is going to happen. And let me just eat some crow here while we're talking about Fryermuth. When they made the pick in the 2021 NFL draft, I came on here and said, like, oh, who? So what? It was horrible. No. I was like, well, no. I knew who he was. I knew who he was, but I was like, this is this is a second round pick. And then I was reading about, oh, yeah, they never dropped the red zone pass. It was catchable. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of see why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and honestly, that second round pick had everything to do with the Steelers getting the center they actually wanted in right. the third round. If that right. that's I mean and that's and and we can we can get to that part of the game later because I we have will. some stuff to we say will. about the offensive line. We'll All get right. there. But let's do let's go to the receivers next since we were talking about Fryermuth. Guess who had the most yards? Oh yeah, Eric Ebron. He can't <laughs> catch a pass from Roethlisberger, but catches hey, everything Mason Rudolph threw. I was gonna say, I actually I was helping my brother out. He, uh, you know, we both worked on the knee jerk reaction article, which is on behind the steel curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's up there right now, it's there. Um, I was helping out with him some of that tonight because he had some other stuff going on. And the one thing that I I inputted a, as we went, I thought that Ben Roethlisberger had more, you know, he had a better connection with Frermuth tonight while Rudolph had the better connection with Ebron, yeah. which is not what I would have expected. Well, there was the play that they tried to put Ebron in a block, and it was atrocious. And he's like he swung and missed. It was awful. But let's get to these receiving stats. Ebron did lead the Steelers with four catches for 59 yards, along with 27, 14.8 average. Najee Harris, two catches for 53. If I have my notes here, I have to get them. If you had the over on the uh, yardage, he did that in one play, I think, uh, for my over-under on the Steelers preview, two catches for 53. Deontay Johnson, one for 43. Juju, five for 39. 
Ray Ray McLeod, two for 35. James Washington, three for 24. McFarland, two for 21. A lot of players targeted. Do you have the number, Dave? You always seem to count uh, them up. I had, honestly, the, the one I have up now is all, it was a number of players who had receptions. I have to go into another one to see if there's anyone who was targeted 12, that didn't. 12 targets, and Anthony Johnson yeah. had two targets and no receptions. He was the yes. only one That's held the one without I was a missing. reception. So. All right, Brian, let's start with you. What do you think about the receiving core? Very solid effort. You know, I it was nice to see that ball being brought down by Mr. Deontay Johnson, DJ 18. I think he has a nice rapport with Ben Roethlisberger. Like to see that. I like to see the battling by Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, especially on that third down play where he got a lot of yards. Uh, when I say a lot of yards, he got over 10 on that play so that was really uh pleasant you know the uh the big thing that i'm looking at here is i'm judging this game by the first half because of i'm looking at more of the guys that are going to be in buffalo on week one and that's probably what you're looking at so much more here so everything that happened in the set in the second half i don't find as significant in this game Dave was right on when he talked about the tale of two halves. You know, this was important. If you have to choose a half, you're going to choose the first half. And that's exactly what you got. So I'm pleased on how the receivers were synced up with Ben Roethlisberger. The one thing that I want back is that Eric Ebron play. So when you say that Ben Roethlisberger's eight for 10, I say Ben Roethlisberger's eight and a half for 10 because they should at least give him a half for throwing that ball. He's not the one who dropped it. But the receivers, I like what I saw. Dave, I was going to say, do you guys, what were the two incompletions? The one was the one to Ebron. Do you remember the other one? Yeah, he. Uh, it was uh, a ball that went off the hands of, uh, was it Ebron? No, it was it was he threw Najee. it behind the line of scrimmage to Najee, who was going to get killed, and he oh. was better off not catching it. Okay. Yeah, it was high as well, but you know, it was just one of those twisted around plays. But I mean, wow, I mean, the, the fact that you have to, you know, you could you could name the two incompletions that that's pretty nice. Well, I didn't think that they were overly pass happy when Roethlisberger no. was in either. I thought it was a very balanced approach, and, that, and that's came is a good tie in between the quarterback conversation and the receivers. Um, I thought that uh, the receiving core was. Outside of Ebron's drop, I mean, there wasn't much to complain about. I mean, I can't think of anything really to nitpick. Ebron's drop is blatant, so you're going to talk about that. Let's go to the rushing. Let's go to the running backs. Uh, Kalen Mbalage had seven carries for 30 yards. Jalen Samuel, seven for 16. McFarland, six for 11. Haskins had a nice run for 10. Najee, four for 10. And then uh, that's about it, guys. What do you think about the running game? This was kind of tough. They finished with 78 total rush total rushing yards on 27 carries for a 2.9 average. Brian, we'll start with you. Once again, I thought the running game, they did what they needed to do. Najee Harris, I mean, I'm surprised that he only had 10 yards. I thought he, like on one of those first runs, I thought he went for about six or seven strong runs. So if the other three were losses i know one was for a loss but the longest was eight yards yeah. okay yeah so i mean it was i thought he looked a whole lot better and when you when you say balance jeff i really thought that that you know ben roethlisberger feels like he has a toy in Najee harris so he can do so much more with the with the offense 
that's that's the way I felt about this entire uh, first half, especially the quarter when Ben Roethlisberger was in there. But the fact that he was able to throw the ball to Najee in the way that he did, and Dave and I predicted this the other day, I think you agreed with us that he's going to have one that Najee's going to have one that he breaks for a big gain. I was saying it's probably going to be a 25-yard gain, and I think Dave was in the same boat as me there. I mean, hey, it was a lot more than that, but it was. it's great to see that part of the equation in there because we haven't seen that in a while. I'll, I have no problem with the 10 yards rushing because he's going to do more in the regular season. They're going to have more of a uh, an attack where he's getting a lot of room running the ball, but Kalen Balaj is the guy I want to talk about it's very important that this gentleman makes the team. I think he is definitely the uh, number should be the number one backup there. Uh, you know, I I think Anthony McFarland has an opportunity, but he might be more of a third round back. I mean, excuse me, when I say third, a third down back. So I I would kind of think that those are your three guys. Benny Snell's not getting any action. He's not healthy. He's not in there. I thought he was actually going to get an opportunity with him showing up and and being at practice. So I think really it's going to be really tough for anybody to unseat Kalen Balash. Dave, what are your thoughts about the running backs? I I think the running game in all, and I think a lot of this has to do with the blocking as well, which we'll get to. But the the problem is is the inconsistency. Because the Steelers had some real, once again, especially in the first quarters, some really nice runs. They really did. But then you still have those couple negative ones thrown in there, which which kind of kills your your stats, you know. So when you're so so then all you know, you bust out eight yards on first down, you know, or nine yards. So you're second and one, and then you lose two yards and you're third and three, and then they you, you convert on a pass. So in all, you're you're looking at you know two rushes for seven yards on on something like that, which isn't all that impressive. But you had a nine yard run in there. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just it, they need to get a little bit more consistent. Like there was one rush play at the middle. I mean Kendrick Green had a fantastic block and got to the next level. And I know you say about he whiffed on the one. This was Eric Ebron pulling into the middle and coming right up in and sealing the block inside. He had a really nice one on one of, on the on the one run that I rewound and, and watched several times. But then you just have guys, I don't know if it was miscommunication, letting guys go. Um, there was, I mean, I noticed the one, they just let the outside linebacker on one side let him go unblocked when they ran the other way, and he came all the way in and and, and blew up the play for for a negative one yard or two. So the the problem with it with me, I think, is really, and it's not the running backs, it's just the running game as a whole is just they need to get some more consistency. And it's almost like they've only practiced for a week together. Yeah, what do you <laughs> know? They have. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll come with time, and I had no problem keeping the majority of that offensive line in the game for a full half and some even more than that you have to get them repetitions especially when you're talking about a young player uh like you know kendrick green he's a rookie but let's not get into the offensive line too much right now the running bet the running backs i thought Najee harris is just a playmaker that's exactly the way i want to describe him he is a playmaker it just seems like whenever he has the football in his hands 
he's going to make something happen. It might be two guys miss and he gets back to the line of scrimmage, but he's going to make something happen. But let's yeah. talk about the offensive line. You can talk about pass pro or run blocking. What were your thoughts on the offensive line as the projected starting five got on the field for live game action for the first time this preseason? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, I think it worked enough. And, you know, we need to see more. They need more time together. You made that that uh, joke about them only being together for a week, but it's not a joke. It's the truth. And as they get a chance to gel more together, you know, with that first game being on the 12th. So there's, what, two and a half weeks before the next game or three Oh my, more than that, three weeks till the uh, the very first game. So with that being said, you know, I, I think they'll have a chance to really gel. I, I know they just wanted to get Zach Banner's feet wet out there. And the decision to move Dan Moore Jr. over just happened in the last few days where they said that he, he was being moved. I, I believe that was uh, Thursday or Friday where I read that, that that was going to be official because I had to go ahead and completely change my factor fiction on Dan Moore Jr. because of that, because it was all about the left tackle position. So he's primarily going to be the right tackle backup is what they're looking at with the ability to swing. But he's probably he probably has a spot locked down, but they're going to give Zach Banner some time. Some time, he, they, like I said, just wanted to get his feet wet there. I think more and more that this line is going to come together it's not going to come together as fast as we want it right now but they're going to uh, be gelled enough to uh, have a complete game in week one and so I just think uh, there's that three weeks with them together now is going to be more significant as it goes but I am more optimistic than pessimistic when it comes to this line when Dave talked about the block from uh, Kendrick Green you know, that that's all you need to know. Yeah. Offensive line, Dave, I know you want to talk about them. Go ahead. Inconsistent is the thing. I mean, they would, they would, you'd come up and you'd, I, like I said, Kendrick Green had that great block on that one running play that I, I rewound it and watched. I didn't get to do that a bunch. Like I try to do during the live game because I didn't want to upset anyone. You know, I'm used to watching the game by myself, so I didn't want to up upset anyone else watching with me. I'm like, I'll, I'll check this out later. But I was trying to, to catch the line more as a whole as, as we were going, and there was just a few plays that was like that. But then there was another one when where um oh it was the third down where Rudolph tried to dump it off third and goal when they moved the ball from their own two yard line all the way down inside the five, and he he got pressure really quick and try to dump it off to Frermuth. And, you know, he, he wasn't even open, but no one was open yet. He had to get rid of it so quick. It, Kendrick Green just flat up whiffed on the guy. I mean, just, just completely ole, if you know what I mean, um, where, and he got right past him. So there, you can look at stuff with various players and I, I want to go by and go, go back and look at each one more individually. Cause I was just kind of looking at the line as a whole Tra like Trey Turner did not stand out to me tonight, but that's good because he had been standing out, not in a good way, but I really need to go back and look at him again. And, and I know it was frustrating with Chooks of core on the, on the, false start to start the game. I didn't actually see the false start, but I did notice he was getting a big, a, a big kick with his left leg in, in pass blocking. That was very close timing wise 
constantly all night that he was, you know, trying to get that advantage to, to be able to, to seal off the guys. And I've, there was times where I thought, you know, oh yeah, you know, there was Chukes locked up on his guy, did a nice job. Other times I'm like, oh, he just let his guy beat him by the inside and blow up that run. So, and that's, that's hopefully that'll get better with him playing more together, but it is something that's it's the consistency has got to improve. Yeah, I mean, that's across the board, really. If when it comes to consistency, that's what the preseason's for. So the offensive line is not immune to that as well. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. <laughs> yeah, what we're going to do is when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. And so if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, we're not going anywhere. But on the audio side, head over to part two. We're going to be talking about the defensive side of the football, talking, breaking down stats, talking about all that good stuff. So make sure you check out part two on the audio side. If not, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We'll be right back. after this break. 